1: You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320
2: KLWN. Hey, what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk. I'm Derek Johnson. We're going to be joined by Scott Jason of 24/7 Sports coming up at 430 here on RCST. We've also got a top 10 list of kind of a weird top 10 list and I know Richie's already shaking his head about worms. You were like trying to figure this out before the show started. I know, I know, four worms, mm-hmm. four.
0: And I'm like, is this a worm? Is this a, well, technically it's not a worm? It's it looks like a worm, but it's got legs, so it's not a worm. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I was dissecting that thing early on. I know four worms, and
2: that's yeah. it. <laughs> well, I feel like a lot of people are in the same boat as you, but don't worry. Might be uh, something a little different than you think with the top 10 Worms list coming up in a little bit. By the way, happy birthday to Jalen coleman Lands the transfer from Iowa State. Turns. Richie, do you know how old he is? 21. Older. Seven. Younger.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, but honestly, <laughs> not by
2: much. 25? Yes, he is 25 okay. years old in his seventh season of college basketball. That's it's true. not very often you see a 25-year-old in college sports unless they're on BYU. I thought you
0: were going to tell me some unconventional age. I was like, oh, he's just an unconventional
2: yeah, he's, student. He's 42. He's 40, yeah. um, No, he is 25 years old today, which, again, that that's just pretty wild that you're going to have a 25-year-old. I would assume Mitch Lightfoot's like 24. I think he just had his birthday the other day, too. And you're going to have both those guys going into a college basketball season. Not a professional basketball season there. (laughs) And the birthday present today for Jalen coleman lands the ESPN Events Invitational in Lake Buena Vista, Florida, which is the preseason. I don't know why they call it like the preseason. It's just like a non-conference tournament in November around Thanksgiving. KU's first opponent is going to be North Texas. Then if they win that, I guess if you lose, you play either way. They'll get either Dayton or Miami, and then that would set up if they can make it to the championship game. Could get Alabama. That's the one that everybody's circling. Alabama's supposed to be a top 10 to 15 team in the country. They have loaded guard play on, or they're supposed to, this next year with a bunch of guys coming back and some other players that they added. Otherwise, if they don't play them, it'd be Iona, Belmont, or Drake. As far as the first opponent that they'd be playing, North Texas was 72nd in Ken Palm, finished this last year. And if you remember, North Texas was a 13th seed in the NCAA tournament, upset Purdue in the first round, ended up losing to Villanova in the second round, so you're playing them in the first round. That should be a pretty good game. And then that second opponent, either Dayton or Miami. We know Dayton, um, well, from a couple years ago. Last year, they were 87th in Ken Palm. This next year, they're supposed to be all right. Miami kind of lost a lot of players to transfer. Jim Laronega tends to be a pretty good coach. So, uh, pretty much the the biggest marquee game will just be the Alabama one, most likely. Don't think any of the others will be ranked. You probably won't get to see the Joe Yestifu. Can't really call it a revenge game because he left there to go to a better place. But against Drake and Belmont and Iona, you don't get to see Rick Patino. Or Belmont had like one of the highest win totals in the regular season in college basketball last year. KU getting maybe a little bit easier of the side of the bracket there. Uh, the one thing, though, I am curious with Jalen coleman lands again, turns 25 today, is what his role is going to be on this team now that Ochai Abaji is back, now that you look at the wing position and you have Ochai and Christian Brown and you figure both those guys are going to play meaningful minutes. Ochai's probably going to give you 30 minutes a game. Maybe more. Christian has been a guy who last year was giving you around 30 a game. year before was giving you over 20. I don't think he's going to have as big of a minute share this year as he did last year. Although who's to say that he doesn't all of a sudden take another big step and become an even better player. And that does happen. But even if he's a guy giving you 22, 25 minutes a game and you're getting 30 from Baji, what does that leave Jalen Coleman Lance? And that doesn't even count any of the other players who could play there. Who knows if Jalen Wilson, because once he gets to the NBA, he'll probably be a three man. Is he going to play any wing for you there? Are you going to play any lineups where basically you're playing two point guards and that slides one of more your your shooting guard type of guys to the wing? Are you going to play any lineups where K.J. Adams is in at a three? I wonder how big his role is going to be, but I don't think you bring on a guy who is coming in for a grad transfer year, basically, one last year with you, if he's not meant to impact the rotation at least a little bit. That doesn't mean he has to start or he has to play 30 minutes a game. But you don't bring on a guy who has one year with their program without the intention of him impacting the rotation or fitting a certain role. We know what the role is for Jalen Coleman-Lands. It's be a shooter. And I think also, to a lesser extent, it's be a veteran guy in the locker room with the team. But as far as the shooting... If you think about the lineup, now that Ochai is back, he was almost like Ochai Insurance, and now that Ochai's here, you don't get the insurance deductible out of this. You didn't get an offender-bender. I think that KU's bench could be pretty deadly with three-point shooting, which will be nice, because you can approach it a couple ways, whether it's three or four guys coming off the bench, you know you're going to have shooting, or if it's just, hey, we need shooting this specific game, but we need another center out there, or we need another wing out there, or we need another guard out there. You have options. You can bring in Cam Martin off the bench if you need a shooting center. You can bring Jalen coleman Lands off the bench if you need a shooting wing. It just gives you options. And to have a dearth of shooters is never a bad thing. We saw last year, they had one of the worst three-point percentages that Bill Self has ever had at KU, which is kind of weird thinking about the personnel when you think of Christian Brown as being a knockdown shooter. When you think of Jalen Wilson being for his position, for being kind of a 4-5 man, which he was last year, being a solid shooter, Ochai Baji being a good shooter. It just didn't come together, and there were too many guys who were streaky, up and down, hot and cold. And this kind of gives you insurance of that. If Christian Brown is having a bad game shooting, maybe you go to Jalen coleman Lands and he has the hot hand that game. If Ocha is having a rough shooting game, maybe Jalen coleman Lands picks up a little bit there what you were missing from the three-point game. So I think the role is pretty defined, what he's going to provide, stretching the floor, giving you a three-point shot. I just wonder what the size of the role, how much of the rotation are you going to impact for Jalen Coleman lands? And that's going to be one of the most interesting rotation uh, questions that I'm kind of interested in as the season gets closer. NBA Finals, game four was last night. The Milwaukee Bucks, even the series two to two, it was... Probably the best of any of the finals games so far. A couple of the early ones, it was pretty decided in the last couple minutes. If you look at the final score, you would say, well, this one seemed to be decided. But it wasn't really decided until the final 30 seconds, 15 seconds or so. And then Milwaukee started to pull away with some stops and some free throws and such. But it was 99-99. It was 101-99 after Chris Middleton hit the little jumper. That was a really good game. That was probably the best game of the finals so far. Giannis is playing at an absurdly good level right now. It's not just the ability to score despite the fact that he can't shoot and the fact that he gets all these rebounds and plays great defense. It's just like the will to win that he shows. That block that he had, phenomenal. Um, Where they throw the alley-oop to DeAndre Ayton, but at first Giannis is guarding the guy with the ball who's running. And then he switches off of him in time to get back to the alley-oop and block it away. Unbelievable, incredible, and just shows the pure athleticism of this guy. If Chris Middleton looks like that each and every night, I have a hard time believing that the Suns are going to win this series. Also helps when a guy like Pat Connaughton, who basically has to play big minutes for this team right now, comes up clutch. If those two things happen, like I said, I have a hard time finding the Suns winning because Devin Booker was as good as you could get last night and they still lost the game because of the fact that Chris Middleton, Pat Connaughton helped step up. The question is, will that continue? Giannis looked absolutely gassed after the win last night. Maybe the series has shifted, but I still kind of think the Suns are going to get game five at home. Like I said, if Middleton and Connaughton play their A game. That's it. Same with Drew Holiday, you know if Drew Holiday you start getting All-Star level production offensively, they've gotten that defensively. Offensively, he goes 4 of 20 in that game. He's continued to struggle all series long. Maybe we're too far into the the series to expect that all of a sudden things are going to change for Drew Holiday. But now you're talking if you get the A game from Chris Middleton, Pat Connaughton, Drew Holiday all at once or two of the three. It's just It becomes hard for me to figure out how the Suns win that game. I don't think it's going to totally happen. We saw it in the games in Phoenix and games one and game two. They just play better at home. There's always been that stigma that role guys play better at home. And that's kind of a good collection of the Bucs team. Middleton's not a role guy. Neither is Drew Holiday. They're both fantastic all-star level players. But sometimes they kind of fit into that ilk of playing like a role player. And that is why I'm not really expecting them to continue that into game five. Even though they shot seven of 29 from three last night, even though you could expect a better performance from Holiday, even though you could say, well, now we've got it rolling with Chris Middleton, even though you could say, we got the A game from Devin Booker and we still beat him. I'm not expecting that to continue because that's been the most consistent thing we've seen from the Bucs. The inconsistency of the players not named Giannis Antetokounmpo. So game five, going to be in Phoenix. So far, the home team has won every game of the series. I would imagine the Suns are going to be favored again. The Bucks were favored both home games. The Suns were favored both home games. I'd imagine that's going to be the same this weekend for game five of the series, an all-important game five of this series. It's been a really fun finals, and it's going to continue on coming up in a little. FM 1017, 1320 KLWN's Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Big 12 media days were earlier today. And actually, they're, they're still continuing on with some player breakouts. Lance Leipold caught up with the media at the podium. Also had an interview with ESPN despite the team not being able to get down to Dallas. They tried to fly out this morning. Couldn't because of the weather. Ended up having to stick around. And good thing Zoom is the thing. They were able to basically Zoom in for everything in that regard. Let's get to some of the audio and maybe one of the most important things that Lance Leipold talked about and was kind of thematically brought up over the course of his different conversations today. That on the other side, I'm Derek Johnson with Richie Boswell. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017 at 1320 KLWN. Depending on it. You already know that if you need a car wash, you need to go to Tommy's Express Car Wash. They've got all the tools and expertise to keep your car clean, both inside and on the outside. You want it clean inside because if anybody gets in your car, they're not going to want it look like a pigsty. Plus, you're going to want it clean of all those germs. You want to clean on the outside because if you're going to be pulling up in somebody's neighborhood, maybe going to see a friend, they're going to see the outside of your car and go, wow. This guy, he knows what he's doing with his car washes. That's because Tommy's Express Car Wash is going to take care of you. Their wash packages let you pay for the services you want, including Tommy Guard, And body wax. That's right. Have it looking real spiffy. Wheel cleaning and tire gloss. Underbody flush and spot-free rinse and vacuums as well. If you're like me, you have a dog. I have a golden retriever. She sheds so much. So I need the vacuums at Tommy's Express Car Wash. And boy, do they have them. They do them right. That's wash, rinse, repeat with Tommy's Express Car Wash. And don't forget to download the Tommy Club app today and enjoy endless washing for one low price. That's at Tommy's Express Car Wash. Welcome back in. Rock Shock Sports Talk on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN and com. I'm Derek Johnson. Earlier today was Big 12 Media Days, and it's actually still going on. They're having, like, player breakouts and stuff. But they had all the coaches speak over the last couple days at the podium. Kansas was not there. They were supposed to fly out this morning, and given the weather all the storms, they were unable to do so. So they ended up having to, I mean, thank goodness that Zoom technology has taken off over the past year or so with COVID. They ended up Zooming in, Lance Leipold, into the building. They had like a big screen TV where everybody could see him. They were still there in Dallas at Jerry World and just asked him questions like normal. Um, It was a little bit different than your normal press conference. You have your delays and such, but Nothing completely different from what we've been used to during kind of Zoom culture, so to speak. So Leipold spoke with the media and he also talked with ESPN earlier in the day. They had a show on, I think it was ESPN U, but it was also on Watch ESPN. And they were going to the different coaches and interviewing the coaches. So there was both the podium audio and the interview that Lance Leipold did with. ESPN. And one of the common themes that was said in this and that kept coming up was the idea of consistency and how important consistency is for this program. This isn't something new. We've talked about this before, but the more we hear from Lance Leipold, the more we're learning how important this is. And for a program at Kansas that has been sorely missing this, I think you circle that as maybe the number one thing that Lance Leipold is trying to institute into this program. You talk about whether it's coaching changes, whether it's player changes, players transferring in and out. There's been so little continuity in this program, not just from the head coach, from the assistant coaches, not just from the coordinators, from the position coaches. And you need that continuity to develop a strong program. So here was Lance Leipold on that interview with ESPN discussing the need for consistency for this program.
1: Well, we've been about for a long time. I I think if one, uh, I probably have one uh, of the the less conventional type path in college football. I I don't think uh, uh, it's the norm per se, but I think when you look at uh, the stops along this 30-plus year career, I I haven't been a guy that's... you know seven seven jobs in 10 years type of guy. Uh, I've, I've always been where my feet are at and and when an opportunity like this came I thought it was a great fit for many reasons. I, if you look at our staff, uh, many of the guys that, that have come with me have been with me for a long time. They're the same type of people and uh, I think again, that, that's what made this such a fit that this program needs some consistency. The players need to have the same person in the position room with them, and they need to have the same person uh, as as the head coach. For, and they've gone through um, quite a bit of changes. here.
2: Yeah. Sorry about the music. They just randomly had music playing and different graphics popping up during different points in the interview on the ESPN one, not during the podium one. But you hear him talking about it there. How can you? Hit your goal if the goal is constantly moving. Now, the ultimate goal, obviously, for KU is win games. But to accomplish that goal, there's many steps along the way, which might be, who knows, dominating your guy this week or just getting better in practice every day or working on this technique, watching more film, whatever it is. Doing this scheme. No matter what it is, you need a common message, because if the goal is constantly changing, if the message is constantly changing, where do you go? What happens if you go to the dentist and you say, I, I, I'm just having trouble flossing in this back area of my teeth? like what, What's the best way to approach that? And they tell you, well, maybe go to the store and get some of those floss picks. Like Those are going to help you get back there. And then the next time you go to the dentist, they say, well, no, actually, the floss picks don't work. You need to get the real floss. And then the next time you go to the dentist, they say, well, you need this other product altogether. You're going to be totally lost. You're going to be totally confused. You're not going to know what to do. That's kind of like what it's been for KU with having all of these different coaches and positional coaches in places of power for the Jayhawks where it's not necessarily that the coaches were saying wrong things or the coaches were doing wrong things. But when you're all trying to be on a collective goal to get to the collective process and have all those goals funnel into what the scheme that is meant to be run by the team overall, you have to be on the same page. And that has to be a consistent message over the course year in, year out. And that's something that has been missing at KU, that it sounds like Lance Leipold is making a first priority here at Kansas. Now, obviously, getting consistency and trying to be more consistent is one thing. But how do you go about being more consistent, and how do you actually achieve doing that? Is a whole nother. Lance Leipold was asked about that as well.
1: You know, you have to prove it. You have to prove it in each and every day about about being consistent and being here, and and we're going to control what we control at the moment, and that's our attitude and efforts and how we're going to work each and every day uh, to be better. And uh, I think that's one thing that. Uh, we've been able to do at our other stops is that we focus on what we can control. I'm going to work each and every day to try to make this program better on and off the field. And what we do within our culture, our expectation of our players, the people that are going to touch our program, and how we're going to go about it, and and then those results will will start to show itself. But you're right, and and what it's going to have to be is, uh, you know, we've got to stop having a a young man be on his uh, third or fourth position coach and then so we can have that consistency on the field and we can start seeing those results. And, when, and again, it's gonna take some attention to detail on the field, but I, I think right within our conference and, and really within college football in, in, in the last couple of years, you've seen programs that are very similar to us in many ways, um, have built programs for success and, and it's been able to show itself and we feel that can be done right here at the University of Kansas.
2: Everything I just said was echoed again there by Leipold, or I was echoing Leipold um, with that coming earlier in the day. But the part about the kids being on their third or fourth position coach, like it's one thing for me to say, yeah, they need to get a more consistent staff. But to put that number to it really makes you think you're having a different position coach each and every year. This isn't just it's changing every couple of years. Every single year you're getting a change. I would imagine if KU has struggles on the offensive or defensive side of the ball this year, which is likely, obviously you don't have the high expectations this season, there are going to be certain people who come out and say, we need to make a change at offensive or defensive coordinator. But they're not going to do it, and they shouldn't. Hold on strong. You know, if the defense is struggling for four straight years under the same staff, okay, maybe you talk about making a change. But you have to be able to take those lumps and it's not that Kansas has been trying to make a shortcut in certain regards they had like Charlie Weiss kind of was with the Juco guys. David Beatty at the end of his tenure kind of was with some Juco guys. But they've kind of done it with staff a little bit too. How many times did David Beatty become offensive coordinator after he made an offensive coordinator change or then became the guy then switched to somebody else? Same thing. With less money. like How many offensive coordinators has there just been in general? And those are kind of the quick fixes. You almost have to stay with a guy for a while because you want to retain that message. This isn't Texas where you have five-star players in the program that are already being developed and you just need the right scheme to fit around them. You have to develop those guys, and you do that with a consistent message as well. And then, again, Lance Leipold, just kind of furthering how important the consistency part of this is consistency from walking in every day and expecting the same thing from people you are around consistency from expecting the same work ethic every day from the players and the consistency of having that same staff. He echoed that again when he spoke up at the podium on big 12 media days.
1: You know, there's no simple quick fixes in, in, in building a program or in rebuilding a program. Our, our approach is going to be, be consistent in what we're going to do, consistent in, in our recruiting methods, starting locally, um, and again, spreading out throughout the nation within the Big 12 footprint. Um, our expectation is it will be very similar to other places that we've been, is that we're going to expect and, uh, and want our players to uh, continue to work on daily improvement. Um, we have to be a, a program that's going to take care of the finer points of the game and, and, uh, and, and continue to build consistency and confidence in, and in, in each and everything that we do.
2: And that's another key too: consistency in the finer points of the game. You're not going to outflash other teams. You might have the occasional speedster, but overall, you're not going to be overly faster than an Oklahoma or a Texas. You're not going to be overly stronger than an Oklahoma. But can you be disciplined? Can you avoid those dumb penalties we've seen in the past? Can you make the other team beat you? Can you, instead of a two-yard loss on a run, turn it into a two-yard gain? Can you avoid the bad sacks, the bad turnovers? Those are the things that you got to be more consistent about, and that is the key word that came out of today's Big 12 Media Days with Lance Leipold. Consistency. It's going to take some time to develop, as most things are for this program. But that is something that you can at least start to build the foundation right away in year one. That's not something we can look at, and we're not around the program every day, in practice every day, that we can't see it necessarily in wins and losses or in results on Saturday. And we probably won't know. But the key to building the foundation is going to be that consistency. FM 1017, 1320 KLWN's Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Four o'clock hour here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. I'm Derek Johnson. Richard Boswell in studio with me on RCST. We're going to be joined by Scott Chasen coming up at 4.30. He's actually down in Dallas. I, I kind of feel bad for any of the journalists or whoever from the Kansas beat that traveled down there to Dallas only to have the situation that arose. And it's not their fault. It's not Kansas' fault. They've gone down the day of many, many years, and it's worked out okay. It's just kind of an unfortunate situation. Part of me feels bad. The other part of me, though, is like, well, after you're done, I I don't know how this works. I'll ask Scott about it. Is this like a vacation once he's done with the work? Like, gets the yeah. work done, now he can just play around in Dallas? I,
0: I My whole thing is, like, how are they – I mean, is the paper okay? I mean <laughs> – I mean is the
2: paper okay
0: well, what do you mean it's, well it's like I mean I know Scott's Scott's enjoyed he's like I'm in Dallas I don't you know I'm good but like the paper spent money for Scott to mm-hmm. go down there and cover KU
2: technically and they didn't even go down there yeah, I mean he still covered KU and they still had technically Yeah, he yes. could have technically done it for home with the gym club but they have player availability which you wouldn't be able to get and I know Scott was writing a bunch of stories yesterday so go check him out on his website since we're talking about this we'll plug him at Fog.net where he talked to different running backs about the transition that Devin Neal can make in his freshman year at Kansas. He talked to different coaches about their thoughts on the Lance Leipold hire. So he, they got their money's worth. They got their money's worth. I, it's okay. just kind of a funny situation, to be completely honest. They got the vacation in. That's what I'm going to tell Scott. I'm going to be like, how was your vacation now that you didn't actually have to cover the KU. actual team? I'm sure he'll yeah. be happy about that. <laughs> Lance Leipold did have a lot to say, though, regardless. He was on... The Zoom call that went over the big screen at the podium. He also was on an interview with ESPN. They broadcast this up on like ESPN U or whatever. It was also on ESPN three, um, talking with a couple of ESPN personalities who were down there to host the show, talk to the different coaches and such. Earlier, we talked about the big keyword that Lance Leipold hit on, which was consistency. Beyond that, the other thing that I found really interesting I mean there was a bunch of stuff but the play style because we don't totally know what that's going to be for KU and he went into it a little bit it wasn't necessarily saying hey we're going to run a pistol offense where we're going to run a lot of outside zone That stuff, we don't know for sure. We can take what he's done at Buffalo and say, yeah, he's probably going to run maybe some zone runs to the outside or they're going to be balanced on offense. Depending on what the personnel are, they're going to adjust to it. Defensively, they're going to be a four-man front. Things like that. But specifically what he wants the team to look like on the field, that was asked to him on the ESPN interview. Here is Lance Leipold's answer.
1: Well, i I think i think it comes down to you. You want to be a disciplined football team, and I think that's one of the things. If you know, we can't beat ourselves. We we have to be able to to be a physical football team, not turn it over, create turnovers. I think everybody says a lot of those things. I think when you've looked at us offensively through the really my time as a as a head coach, I've always been, uh, you know, pleased, but emphasizing to our coordinators as well is that we want to be able to take. The, the talent that we have and that's available on the offensive side of the ball and use it to our best advantage and not be locked in. And sometimes that may be at the receiver position, maybe one year it's at the running back position, it could be by the use of tight ends. And when you're able to be as multiple as you can be without drastically changing your schematics, I think you have a chance to be successful. I think, uh, you know, what, what helped us turn the corner at, at Buffalo was a chance that we did a great job in ball security and, uh, you know, for us to to start making gains, we have to do better at, uh, you know, hanging on to the ball here. Defensively, Brian Borlands, uh, like I said, he's been with me a long time. I've always been impressed with the job that he's done. We have to be able to stop the run, though. I think every, you know, this is a wide open scoring conference. I know it has a reputation of that. But at the end of the day, if you're not good on first and second down, you're not even getting a third down half the time. So we've got to be able to start there and then, again, to be, be athletic enough to get get pressure on the quarterback, and, and again create turnovers. And lastly, of course, we've got to be better on special teams. We got to be able to find ways to create hidden yards and uh, and and steal possessions when we can. And that
2: sounds about right in tow with everything you'd expect the the multiplicity on offense for a guy who has been so multiple and has adjusted to whatever the personnel has. That's exactly what you want at a school like Kansas. That's exactly what Lance Lightpole does. From going from that, from not turning the ball over, another thing that he mentioned. That's been a problem for Kansas. I don't know how much of that is a focus thing or how much of that is just when you have, for instance, certain offensive line struggles, which they have in years past, that's going to create more havoc. That, That to me seems like the biggest leader to turnovers. It's quarterback play. And bad O-line play. If you have bad quarterback play, you're going to throw more interceptions. If you have bad O-line play, you're going to throw more interceptions because you're going to be under duress and making quicker, maybe not as smart decisions, or you're going to get strip-sacked. So those are the two biggest positions that I view as altering the turnover problem. Maybe they can figure that out at Kansas. I, I think the offensive line will be a lot better. Quarterback position remains to be seen on the improvement of certain guys, other new guys that you have in the program like Conrad Hawley, Hawley, And Jason Bean, what are they going to do for you this year? But I think all those were key points Lance Leipold touched on. He also brought up the importance of stopping the run in that answer. He brought up the importance of getting to third down, of being able to get to situations where it's third and six, third and eight, as opposed to it being third and three. The entire playbook's open for the other team. You don't really know what's going to what's going to happen. And he kind of added to that when he was on the podium and discussed the importance of further defensively beyond that, just preventing big plays as a whole
1: in the Big 12. Preventing big plays. I, I think that's one of the things when, you know, especially if you play in an explosive conference like this is everybody talks about the explosive playmakers. But if you're not playing well on first and second down and, and you're not fundamentally sound and giving up big plays on those downs, you're, it's hard to get off the field and those are things that uh, we're going to have to do a better job of and uh, and and fundamentally in a lot of different ways. And and uh, I, I feel that, uh, you know, our, our defensive staff will will start that on day one and, and we'll be a better defense, uh, you know, by doing so. And I love it
2: when he uses the F word. <laughs> Fundamentals. What were you talking about, Richie? No. You're laughing over there. No, no what's so funny? No, no. I'm what just do like, you think? No, I'm just like,
0: again, I, I'm just – now one time I mean I guess I don't know when you say fundamentals mm-hmm. yes that's kind of going back to basics again I just think about you know there there's no winning is hard <laughs> That's all I can think about I just th- those three words man I just uh just I don't know they bug me No sorry I'm roll I'm I'm going I'm going <laughs> I'm going way off the trail here I'm just like there's no he's staying positive and, and yet you know, you go way off the rails with Steve Sarkeesian sometimes. So I said, sorry, I'm going off the rails here. That's why.
2: Well, the magic dust for Kansas is in the fundamentals to kind of tie that in with Steve yes, Sarkeesian. You go. Thank you. That is going to be so critical for whatever happens for the rest of the season, mm-hmm. for the rest of the the future of the program under Lance Leipold with KU. Fundamentals. Some people involve them with turnovers. Some view it as discipline, avoiding those dumb penalties. Some people just view it as doing your job and executing it right. doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be the flashiest player and that you're going to be somebody who is able to go above and beyond and make these crazy highlight plays, but you're doing the fundamentals. And that is something that has been so sorely missed in this program, something that we've wanted with Lance Leipold, the idea of just bringing a guy I don't care about the social media stuff. I don't care about the press conference stuff in terms of him being flashy and saying funny quotes. Just be a grinder, fix the program, get to the fundamentals, fix the culture of this team, and that is why the F word is important: fundamentals. Is Todd racing available team. to is, play? Yeah, is he available? Does he still have some eligibility left? No, no. He does not. Ah, just double check. No, <laughs> this was the final statement from Lance Leipold on what he wants out of his team in year one they asked him on espn to give just a one sentence statement it was pretty succinct
1: we want to establish an identity a culture and the way that we are going to move forward to bring kansas football and the university of kansas the program it richly deserves
2: and that is the other key word culture we talked about consistency we talked about fundamentals Culture, the other one, this is one that goes back to the story that we had with Jesse Newell in the Kansas City Star. Fixing the culture of this program, both in terms of wins and losses, both in terms of practice habits or consistency, and the culture of just having a good program that's doing things in the community in a positive way that creates a good locker room, that creates a good environment to breed success on and off the field. And I think Lance Leipold is the right guy for that, which gets further proved by all these answers that I think he's had that I've kind of agreed with so far in Big 12 Media Days. FM 1017, 1320 KLWN's Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Scott Chasen of 247 Sports, Fog.net, is going to join us in 15 minutes from right now. He's in Dallas, maybe messing around because KU's not down there, but realistically, Scott probably uh, working pretty hard down there. We'll talk to him. Catch up everything that maybe we missed from not being down there in a little bit right here on RCST. 430 on RCST. I'm Derek Johnson on KLWN. Scott Chasen is down in Dallas. And I was I was wondering about this. Scott Chasen, obviously of fog.net 24-7 sports. Scott, are you uh in trouble with your work for going down to Dallas? and then KU not even being there?
3: Uh, You would think so, no, but um, uh, I I think we got a great opportunity to talk to the guys on Zoom just being here. Um, It was unique. I I found ways to make the most of it, Derek. I talked to other coaches about Lance Leipold and even asked some other running backs about advice they'd have for a true freshman running back coming in, a guy like a Devin Neal, um, and what they could do. So we were able to get some fun stories and stuff out of it, but... Uh, yeah, as I stand right now in the Dallas Cowboys end zone at AT&T Stadium, uh, you will notice two things. One, there are no Dallas Cowboys here, so it might be the NFL postseason. And two, there are no <laughs> Kansas football players here. Uh, so, you know, it's uh, it's certainly been an experience.
2: You have been thinking about that one all day.
3: Uh, I thought about it as I walked into the end zone as I like <laughs> kind of paced around doing this radio thing. I was like, I got to say this. I got to say this. So I worked it in there.
2: So what what you're telling me is this isn't like you went to class and the teacher's not there and forgot to get a substitute and there's just it's like a free day off it's it's not like that you didn't just get no. a free vacation
3: it, you know it's it's actually been illuminating and, and like the high point of today for me at least was talking to and and you know it's funny again just as everything's been on Zoom I'm not sure I've interviewed him in person just because I think all <laughs> interviews have been on Zoom for the last year and they didn't let freshmen speak so. Um, it's still a guy I've just seen through a computer screen and obviously covering the team. But um, it's been interesting to talk to people. There were some technical difficulties. Um, I will tell you, exclusive reporting, one media representative called me the MVP for figuring out a mute-unmute situation that wow. saved the day. So uh, for any content that comes out of Dallas, you have Scott chase of 24-7 Sports to <laughs> Thank. Um, and that is why I'm now talking in third person, because I'm very important.
2: Well, thank you for your service, Scott. I mean, without you, I don't know how I would have been able to play some of Lance Leipold's audio, so you are a lifesaver. I appreciate that. Uh, we're yeah. talking with Scott Chasen here, 24-7 Sports, net. You mentioned getting to talk to the other Big 12 coaches and getting them to say nice things about Lance Leipold. Was there one thing that stuck out the most or maybe one trend that you found among what coaches were saying about Leipold? Yeah, well,
3: one – one definite trend that I found for myself is that I don't like asking Gary Patterson questions because he's not the friendliest guy, but uh, I would say a more big picture trend is that uh, people really trust him in terms of his ethics, his values. Uh, They think he's a good person, which should be a given with the coaching hire, but obviously given, you know, the state of Kansas football and, um, you know, obviously there's been a lot of stuff on the field that hasn't gone well, but I think off the field we're learning. uh, Maybe some of that stuff has been the same too. So um, you know, it seems like a good hire. It's a guy a lot of people are familiar with, you know, Gary Patterson was on a coaches association forum and committees for a long time. Uh, Chris Kleiman gave me probably the strongest answer. When I asked him, he said it was a good hire. He talked about his experience at a lower level. Um, and it was just kind of person after person after person, um, who really wanted to to kind of vouch and say that, you know, Lance Leipold is the right guy for the job. Now coaches do that from time to time. But you've got a sense of sincerity uh, just from the perspective of this guy is a good football coach. He's a respected football coach. And there are ways things may not work out, especially if recruiting doesn't pick up. and They don't, you know, manage things right. But, you know, they have the football coaching and, and maybe player development side of things down. And that hasn't always been the case in Lawrence. So uh, that seemed to be something that other coaches were really high on um, and really did want to praise Lance Leipold for.
2: If you really want to burn some bridges, you can give us the, the ranking if you want. We're going to do top 10 um, gum or, or worms on the next segment because it's National Gummy Worm Day. So if you want to do an early top 10 ranking of the least friendly Big 12 coaches, you can do that.
3: Well, I mean, I could give you a 9 and 10 because it's Mike Gundy and Gary Patterson, and then I think everyone else is batting for 8. So I don't know that I'm burning any bridges as compared to just saying what everyone else recognizes, but I didn't even talk to Gundy today. I just have seen any interview he's done from the last two decades, so I, I have a pretty good idea.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I, I would probably put Gundy up there, but uh, as we know from a show about a week and a half ago, Nick's last show, there's there's some extra maybe bad blood there. Uh, I talked about I'm i not today...
3: sure I understand the question. Oh, okay.
2: Uh, I talked about today <laughs> with Lance Leipold. It seemed like the most, the biggest theme that he echoed, whether it was the press conference among everybody or it was his interview that he had on ESPN, it seemed like he was preaching consistency and how important that was from different levels, whether it's coaching staff, Giving the same message to players, and because of that, having the same coaches instead of having three or four different positional coaches for different players, what caught your eye the most about things that Lance Leipold had to say at Big 12 Media Days?
3: Yeah, well, for you know us us guys who who actually you know were able to to make it out here, we got a, a different kind of session with him just that just wrapped up for about a half hour. I mean, it actually went longer than that, and you're right he he continued to preach a lot of that consistency, continuity. Um, but he really opened up on kind of the personal side of taking that Kansas football job. And I, I asked him a bunch of questions about Kenny Wogan, um, just because to me, as someone who covers Kansas football, you've seen a guy become the face of the program. And you could say that about Puka Williams, but Puka Williams did not like doing the kind of media stuff. Puka Williams had some off-field stuff um, that obviously wasn't good and, and cast a negative light on him. I'm not sure Kansas has had a guy like that that you would say, right now, Kenny Logan is the unquestioned face of Kansas football. So I was very curious just to dive into their relationship and and to learn about them. Um, And just hearing Lance Lightfoot talk about his player and someone he's built a relationship with, I, I mean, you very quickly start to understand that this is a guy who really cares, who really likes to build these connections. You know, he compared his relationship with this Kansas team to having, you know, a bunch of freshmen in, and you really don't know anything about them, and and he won't know until August. You know, uh, he laughed when I asked him about the quarterbacks. I said, I knew it would be his favorite question on the day, um, because, you know, again, he hasn't seen those guys throw. He doesn't know, um, and so I think he was able to speak to the personal side and building some of those connections, and you just get a sense that, you know, he's very genuine. Um, being in sports media, I'm sure you can relate to this. Like 90% of the job is having a football coach lie to your face and tell you something that you know is complete <laughs> BS. That's not Lance Leifold. Uh Lance Lipold may not give you an answer, or may not give you the answer you want um, if there is such a thing, but he, he's going to be genuine. He's going to speak his mind. Um, and I just think you see a very different kind of person from the last, you know, I don't know how many uh, coaches that Kansas football has hired. It's kind of similar to Clint Bowen. Uh, in a way, I would say. But, yeah, it's just a different kind of coach.
2: A few more minutes with Scott Jason here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. You mentioned Kenny Logan, Kwame Lasseter, the other player that was supposed to go down there but ended up just doing the Zoom calls and stuff. Uh, what are your thoughts on the season that could be ahead for both those guys, Lasseter and Kenny Logan?
3: Well, the, the wide receivers are so interesting with Kansas. Just because you don't know what you have. I mean, Andrew Parchment voiced his frustration uh, with the opportunities not being there because the quarterback, because the offensive line, presumably mm-hmm. maybe play calling some, I don't know. Uh, but he was frustrated last year and transferred, and he's off, you know, to, to greener pastures at Florida State. find Robinson was injured, didn't play most of the year. He's off to Northwestern. So you've lost your top two guys, who Les Miles said uh, during the season that they would welcome back uh, for that extra year. Or so. Uh, I mean, you've got to figure it out. You've got to find new faces. You know, Keelan Robinson was a name that Kwame Lasseter mentioned that I hadn't really heard of someone he expects to step up. I think L.J. Arnold, who's coming back from injury, we all want to see what he's capable of. I don't think, you know, those of us who have been watching, we don't really know um, because we haven't been at practice. We haven't seen uh, maybe some of that behind-the-scenes development that he's shown. So he's an interesting guy. And Luke Grimm. You know, Luke Grimm uh, capitalized on an opportunity last year and he did great. He came on strong, averaged like 40-something receiving yards a game the last few games of the year, which for a true freshman is pretty good. Okay, you know, what's the next step from that? How do you grow? Um, he didn't show us much, uh, really anything, during the spring game that we would write about or um, things like that. So that, that's kind of the next step for, you know, just to see what, what can he do for Kansas, uh, what can he show on the field? Because, you know, like I said, right now we haven't seen – anything maybe they've seen something behind the the scenes of practice but uh, that's a guy who could take a next step too real quick on the safeties I I just think it's important Kenny Logan is the leader of the defense he's the most accomplished returning players Uh, he's got to have a huge year for them to really do anything Um, and maybe more importantly just continue to lead by example because he's a guy that it seems like a lot of guys in the program that they do
2: trust you can check out all this awesome football content, fog.net, 24-7 sports. Another good piece that went up there, I did want to touch on this because it came out between the last time we talked. You kind of did a deep dive on uh, Zuby. I don't, I don't even know if I'm going to pronounce this last name right. Ejafor, I believe, who is KU's latest basketball commit, part of the class of 2022. And you talked about some of the measurables that he has with the seven foot two wingspan and the insane vertical leap and everything. What are the chances you think he rises even higher on those recruiting rankings when it's all said and done?
3: Yeah, well, not to be a wet blanket or whatever you would call it. I think the thing for him is he's got to develop his kind of polish with his game. So I would almost say there's a chance he's kind of maximized where that ranking will go until the skill catches up to some of the other tools he's developed. And that doesn't mean he's unskilled. You know, I spoke to his guardian, um, who also has a last name. I I can't pronounce, but his first name's Andy. He's a great guy to talk to. Um, And and he told me he would throw, like he would stand 10 feet away from Zuby and just chuck a basketball at his head and say, you're going to catch this or it's going to hit you. And, obviously, he learned in doing that to catch the ball. I mean, it was almost like a dodgeball kind of thing. Um, Obviously, he's not, like, throwing the ball into his head, you know, when he's not looking or anything. He's just saying catch the ball, throwing at him hard, and and he learned to develop his hands. And he, you know, has worked on his athleticism. He can run a mile in, uh, you know, according to his guardian, just under five minutes, which as someone who can run a mile just under six minutes, I can tell you how impressive that is. And to be clear, for me, that is exactly one mile, one time, and probably never again. So um, he's an athletic specimen. He's a a really, really talented player. He's got a great personality. His guardian is hilarious, too, um, and has some basketball background as well. So uh, it seems like a good fit between the two of them. It seems like a a great fit between them and Kansas. You know, he had other visits. He had other places. Uh, His guardian grew up a Texas fan and, you know, was like, I would have loved him to play at Texas. But. They went on a visit to Texas, and the whole time they were thinking about Kansas, and that's how he ends up committing to KU.
2: Last thing I got for you, this is a journalistic beauty of the way I put together this question. I actually have this one written down. Has the sun set on Phoenix in the NBA Finals?
3: Uh, No, the winner of Game 5 is going (laughs) to win the series. I believe that when it was 1-0. I believe that when it was 2-0. I believe that when it was 2-1. I still believe that when it's 2-2. Winner of Game 5 wins the series in six games. I feel very confident about that.
2: He is Scott Chasen. Who knows? Maybe it's Scott Chase, actually, is the proper way to pronounce (laughs) it, given the Travis Kelsey stuff. Scott, thank you so much for joining us, and enjoy the rest of your time in Dallas.
3: Thanks for having me, Derek.
2: (laughs) Scott Chasen, 24-7 Sports, Fog.net, doing a lot of great work on Big 12 Media Days and everything else going on with KU, so check that all out online. FM 1017, 1320 KLWN's Rock Chalk Sports Talk. I'm Derek Johnson with Richie Boswell in studio. Coming up next... Top 10 Worms. You may be thinking, why do I care about worms? Well, you probably don't, but trust me, it's going to be a little trickier than you might think. It's National Gummy Worm Day. So just think like that. Top 10 Worms on the other side. I'm Derek Johnson with Richie Boswell in studio here. Rock Chalk Sports Talk continues on got a top 10 list for you. You might be thinking, what the hell are these guys doing? They're ranking the top 10 worms. Well, just wait. Just listen. And hopefully you enjoy. Because on today's top 10 list, it is National Gummy Worm Day, which is why we are ranking the top 10 worms. Gummy worm, a delicious form of worm. Will it be on the list? Will it be near the top? Let's find out. Number 10. Number 10, best worm. Worms, the video game series. No. I've never played this, but apparently there's a big video game series called Worms. It is apparently a massive This whole time PC franchise. Have you played the Worms video games? Is that why you're so upset? No! This whole time I've been looking at different <laughs> worms. <laughs> yeah, Richie, <laughs> Richie, during every like commercial break, has been like looking up worms. Like, is the is the Tunisian worm? Is it on here?
0: <laughs> whole time I've been looking up different different worms. Not gummy
2: worms. The game worms. So you're ill-prepared. But apparently it's a very big PC franchise. There's lots of different games. I've never played it but a lot of people apparently have. So Worms the video game. Number 10. All right.
4: Number 9.
2: Ninth on the list. Opening a can of worms. You know, there's positives and negatives to opening a can of worms. Because Usually it's a negative thing. You're opening a can of worms, which is an expression for saying that a lot of bad stuff could happen by me entering into doing something, by me wanting to do this. But on the other hand, sometimes that can be a good thing. Sometimes you need to open a can of worms to get to the solution, to get to the bottom of whatever's going on, which is why it comes in at number nine.
4: Number eight.
2: Eighth on the list of best worms. Take a guess, Richie. Give us one of those scientific worms. Let's do tape worms. It is not a tapeworm. It is doing the worm. The famous dance, doing the worm. It's not higher because it has been a little played out. And too many people think they can do the worm, but they actually can't. But if done right, somebody who does the worm, it's kind of cool. Kind of a nice little party novelty trick, which puts it in at number eight. Number seven. Do you have another one for us? Dennis Rodman. No. He was the worm. seven is... Bookworms. Bookworms. People I'm who read books, they good. love reading books. Books are good, Richie. Yes. It's a free library card at Lawrence Public Library. But yes. I, I'm and just- be a bookworm. Bookworms never hurt anybody. You learn. Are you saying learning is bad? No, I'm not. Okay, good. So we're on the same page. Bookworms at number seven.
4: Number six.
2: Sixth on the list. Worms to catch fish with. Those are good worms. I mean, everybody loves, well, not everybody. Lots of people love eating fish. Lots of people love going fishing. You don't always use worms as bait for fishing, but sometimes you do. I'm not, I'm not smart enough to know if it's dependent on the type of fish or if it's just what you have a preference for the bait to be, but you can do that. And if you catch a delicious fish, it's a fun time. It tastes good. You need the worms for fishing to catch the fish.
4: Number
0: five.
2: Into the top five we go. The expression "early bird gets the worm."
0: Oh my goodness. Uh, How do I not know this? I don't know. You were completely like. Well, I'm thinking
2: top ten worms. These are top ten worms. Yes, but it's like it's kind of. Early bird gets the worm. You gotta get up early.
4: You gotta work
2: hard early so that you can get the result that you can get the championship I at the know. end. I early know. bird gets the worm. I it's know. A good thing, Richie. I and know. it's in at number five.
0: Number four.
2: Fourth best.
0: You got this one.
2: Earthworms. Yep. Earthworms. I did get this do one. Do you have any facts with all the research no, you've been doing? No.
0: I. I don't.
2: <laughs> I do. Earthworms are very good for the soil. They help kind of recycle. Soil, And that's about the knowledge that all I know there. So I'll just leave it at that. Earthworms. And at number four, the fourth best worm. That leaves us with the top three. Number three. Number three on the top ten worms. This is one you've already mentioned. Tapeworm. Incorrect. Dennis Rodman. Correct. Ah! Dennis Rodman, as you alluded to and spoiled quite rudely, honestly. Sorry. That was pretty messed up. Um, You didn't ruin the whole segment, but you might as well have. Dennis Uh, Rodman, nicknamed the Worm. Great basketball player. Hall of Fame basketball player. One of the best rebounders, if not the best rebounder of all time. Great defensive player. I mean, people still say that Dennis Rodman, the one that was on the Pistons in the late 80s, maybe the best defender of all time. He was versatile. Six foot seven. Could run like a gazelle. Could jump. An elite player. And one of the best things about Dennis Rodman... He wasn't selfish on the basketball court. He would get the rebound and he would say, you know what? I don't want these two points. MJ, you take it. You shoot it. You make the shot. I just want the rebounds. I remember hearing interviews where he would take pride in games where he would like not score. Like The less points and the more rebounds he had, the bigger differential there, the like happier he was. So if he had no points, 25 rebounds, it was like his favorite game ever. Nicknamed the Worm. Don't totally know why. Is it because he looks like a worm? I don't know i don't know that's a good question i said i don't know but either way dennis rodman really good he's in at number three number two number two on the list you got any guesses give no. us a scientific a- one a
0: par- okay how about um how about a roundworm
2: no it is not a roundworm what is a roundworm i don't know so you just did research. You just, like, jotted these down. You yeah. did no actually <laughs> because research Because you were, like, are. top ten worms. <laughs> but how would you rank them and expect them to be top know, ten I don't know No, I, I'm
0: shooting myself in the foot right now. This is bad. Oh, this is bad. I don't know. All right. Number two is wormholes. Wormholes? You don't know what a wormhole oh, is? Oh,
2: okay. I got it. Got it. It's like it's, when you shoot yep, a worm yep. and it has a hole in it. No. Uh, no wormholes <laughs> are in space. And we don't yep. actually know what wormholes are. You don't. I don't. We have an idea, like we have a theory of what they are. They're kind of like black they're, holes. Yep, they're movies. they transport you, exactly, in movies, other sci-fi types of work. If you're a bookworm, maybe you read about wormholes, uh-huh. and they can transport you to different dimensions, different times. For all they for all we know, wormhole could kill you, but we don't. So for now, wormholes kind of cool. They're they're mysterious, they're unique, and that's why wormholes are in at number two. Why are you shaking your head? Cause I'm, I'm I,
0: I I felt like I, I had this topic down and I just didn't. I failed. I failed.
2: I failed. Number one. But the top worm on the list. Gummy worms. Of course, it is National Gummy Worm Day. Gummy worms are the best worm. I can, that's the only worm I'm gonna eat. I know there's some weird children out there. Sorry if I'm offending you. If you're, we have a big children audience who eats worms. If you've ever ate a worm and you like doing that, I don't know. That's weird. Gummy worms, delicious. You can get them in sour, you can get them in regular. They've even branched off. They have like gummy octopi, gummy sharks now, but the gummy worm is the best form of it. It's the original, it's the creme de la creme. Do you not like gummy worms?
0: I do like gummy worms. So Derek. what's your
2: problem? Right now, I
0: just, I, I, sh- I, I'm, I'm upset with myself because I really wanted to nail this list down. This was an interesting list, and I failed. I'm, I had all these different kinds of scientific worms, but apparently I had no expressions,
2: nothing. Mm. Lots <laughs> more <Baltimore> worms <laughs> than you think out there in the world. But gummy worm takes the cake. Uh, the one that I'm gonna eat. That was a good be one. Be happy with. Here's Richie Boswell. I'm Derek Johnson. That is the top 10 worms right here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. FM 1017, 1320, KLWN, Depend on it.